Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Post Institute. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder, coming at you live with the best little parenting show on the internet. I hope everybody's doing well this evening. Uh, I'm going to be, this can be a pretty quick message compared to many uh, because I have, um, I don't want to be late. I have a very important date. Um, my church uh, is having um, an in-person prayer time and historically speaking, when I've had the opportunity to participate, it has definitely been transformed formative. And so I am looking forward to um, diving into some spiritual wellness uh, with other people this evening. And um, if y'all don't mind, I'll be bringing you guys along with me. Um, one of the things that um, I love about my church is they're very passionate and compassionate about the mission of the Post Institute specifically. We're a small little group and so they all know what we're up to over here and um, you know they're they're learning more and more every day about the impact of trauma. Um, my pastor's been talking about the value of therapy or therapeutic relationships coupled with spiritual growth and I think it's a really beautiful thing. So um let me plug the books real quick from Fear to Love that you can get on promotion. The, the, the most cost-effective, because nobody likes the word cheap, right? The most cost-effective place to get this book is at feartolovebook.com. It's a special promotional website that we have just for this book. Hello, Sephora. Um, I was listening. I was re-listening to uh, the podcast and the, the video from last night, and I realized... I didn't actually tell you happy birthday and I felt so bad that I got so caught up in talking about my own mom that I didn't pause and just tell you happy birthday love. I hope you had a beautiful day celebrating yesterday and I hope you have an incredible year filled with blessings. I hope that this time next year when you look back that you'll be able to talk about growth and healing, amazing moments that captured your heart. And it's just a glorious year on this earth for you and those that you love. So happy birthday plus one day. <laughs> we get to keep the party starting when we keep the party going when we make those kinds of uh, those kinds of errors. So we'll just keep the party going. Um, this other book from Brian, The Great Behavior Breakdown. Um, you can pick this up uh, at postinstitute.com and also on Amazon. And thank you, Sephora. I'm glad it was amazing. That's fabulous. Also, Brian's workbook um, that we've just recently got put together. Um, we have this in the print version on Amazon. And on our website, we have the ebook version. We will soon have a print version on our website as well that you guys will be able to get. We'll put some bundles together so everybody can get that in their hot little hands. It is really an incredible workbook. And I've already had people telling me that they're buying this book and they're getting together in small groups and going through it. Yes! And that makes me so happy. Um, I digress. Maybe we won't be short tonight. We'll see. So, um... I guess it's been about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, I started doing book studies using this book. And it actually, the whole idea came from a post parent um, who has known us since her baby was little and now her baby's graduating high school this year. 
And she talked to me about the idea of the grassroots movement, helping to get this book in the hands of people all across the country, all across the globe, and the vision of people getting together in small groups and going through the book and sharing and growing together and creating little communities all across the country because this paradigm of parenting is so different than the dominant story of punitive uh, that we got to punish to teach. Um, it's so different than that, that, um, God, it's just such a beautiful vision, isn't it? And so I started, I was like, well, then, you know, let me kick it off by just seeing what this might look like. And so I've been doing book studies and now we have another person, Kelly Belt, who is doing them for the Post Institute. I know people, other people in little communities and I see people buying, you know, 10 little books here and six books here. I have a lady in Michigan who's buying them by the case and handing them out to people. And so she calls me and I've created a special link for her so she can get a really good discount. So if you have, if you love this book, if you love this model of parenting, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a therapist to walk with people. So I strongly encourage you guys that if you feel led, if you, if you so feel led to get a little group together of friends and like-minded people or people that want to share their heart and pour in together and grow together, do it because it's a beautiful thing. So I absolutely love that people are already putting the workbook to use. They're getting vulnerable and transparent and from that place, they'll be able to grow together. Um, it's a beautiful way to create healing and I'm, I'm just really excited about that. So um, the topic I picked tonight was to tell a story about when I've used a punitive style of parenting. Um, and so it's kind of funny. So um, we've been talking about the position of our heart. We've been talking about um, that as like a New Year's resolution to examine the position of our heart to become more and more aware of our subconscious blueprints that drive our own behavior as parents. Because the reality is, um, the only thing we really have control over is ourselves from head to toe. And sometimes, sometimes we don't have that. Because if we're hijacked, then we are losing. When we're hijacked at the brain level and our amygdala's flipped and the cortisol's flowing out, we are losing the ability to actually use our conscious mind in our decision-making. So um, let me tell you this story. So that's been our mission. That's been part of what we've been talking about since the beginning of January. And um, just if, you, if you're new and you've not been following along, we have some handouts on the website that are free. Uh, they're called something really you know, clever like free printables. And so um, you get these handouts that can also help you along the way. Um, so I'm just going to say that really quickly and then I want to jump into my story. So, um, you know, because our children are not just in our house and how we do things, but then they get exposed to the world and how the world does things. I can remember, uh, talking to my daughter about getting schoolwork done, fussing a little, not, not major, major fussing, but just, you know, you need to get it done. Have you get it done? How far are you? What can I do to help? That kind of, you know, just kind of checking in, sort of hoping to motivate. And she said, um, why don't you just threaten to take something away until I do it? <laughs> I said, okay, you know, if that's going to help, then I'll do it. 
will it help you if I take your phone away? I mean, is that what you need me to do? Do you need me to take your phone away so that you can take care of what you need to do? And she was like, oh, wait a minute. No, maybe not. And I remember another time saying, you know, do you need me to fuss at you? Do you need me to like call you names? Is that something that you, because if it's something you need me to do to help you be motivated, well, then I'll be glad to do it. But I, my perspective is that I can model for you. I can encourage you. I can support you. I can sit right here with you and do it. I can carve time out of my schedule. I can do all of those things to help motivate and support you versus do things to try to make you feel bad. And she said, actually, mom, when you get after me too much and you have that tone of voice that it sounds like you're talking to me like I'm a piece of shit, it just makes me feel like a piece of shit. And when I feel like a piece of shit, it doesn't motivate me to get anything done. It makes me feel bad and then I don't want to do anything. And in fact, the more you harp at me about it, the more I just don't want to do it. So you just let me do it and let me deal with the outcome. And if I don't do it, then I got to deal with the outcome. So that is about the extent of my um, using any sort of punitive measures to motivate my children. Um, I don't, I just, it's never been my mindset that the only way to get people to do things is to threaten to punish them if they don't or to offer a reward because I feel like as human beings, that's very short-sighted. It's a very short-sighted way of teaching because then we're at the baseline. I mean, it might be how we get somebody started in something, but at a baseline, then we're just setting up a paradigm where we're not inviting sort of a higher level of thinking, functioning. Uh, there's, as, I'm trying to remember. Way back in the day when I was in college, uh, there is somebody who did research and writing about moral development, and there are different levels of moral development. For example, one level of moral development is that you don't do certain things or you do certain things out of the threat of the consequence. Like, um, I can remember one time we were driving uh, Marley was really little and her cousin was with us and she was probably about maybe 12 or 13 and Marley rolled down the window in the back seat and she threw out a gum wrapper and when I saw it I was like no baby we don't we don't litter we don't throw trash out the window and the cousin jumped in and said yeah because it's against the law and your mom could get a $200 fine she might even go to jail because of that trash coming out the of the car window. Well, that's true there. You know, that is true. It is against the law and they do have signs that you could be fined $200 for littering. And I said to the cousin, I said, well, yeah, that's true. But the bigger reason that we don't litter is because, um, it's bad for the environment. It hurts the flowers and the grass and it hurts the animals. Um, and it is ugly for our eyes. And so that's, there's a bigger reason why we don't litter because I would rather teach from the beginning, from the very beginning, we can teach the bigger reason why we do and don't do certain things. Don't steal, don't shoplift. Well, why should I not shoplift? Well, if you shoplift, you could go to jail. You might get caught and you might go to jail. If the only reason we do and don't do certain things is out of the fear of not getting caught, 
that is not going to go very far because a lot of times people don't get caught, right? And so we have to have a bigger why for our behavior. Why don't we shoplift? Why don't we just walk into the store and take whatever we want and put it in our pocket? Well, because the things that are in the store cost the store money to buy. And so the store has to charge us money so that they can afford to keep their store open. And their store also employs people in our community. And so if we want the store to stay open, then we have to pay the store for the things that we want to buy. The other thing that happens is that if enough people come in and keep stealing, then the price of the things ends up going up because they have to cover the cost of not just what people buy, but then the things that people steal. So we don't want to be a part of something that creates a bigger problem. So to not steal has more to do with how it affects the community as a whole versus we just don't steal because it's against the law and if you get caught, the punishment will hurt. So expanding our hearts. <coughs> oh, thank you. Patricia says, Kohlberg stages of moral development. Yes, that is it. She had to, uh, had to look up his name. I couldn't remember it off the top of my head either. Oh, thank you for making me feel better and thank you for running over to Google because that one was out of, that was completely out of my out of my mind. I think sometimes we, um, you know, there's a place in there of age-appropriate teaching, but we can teach really complex, com very complex ideas, but we just have to use language that our children can understand. And so my daughter, you know, she very much understood that, you know, if, if everybody put trash out the window, if everybody put trash out the window, then the world would be really dirty and it wouldn't be very, we wouldn't enjoy driving and having pretty scenery. We wouldn't be able to enjoy the beach. It hurts the animals. It can make animals sick when they have too much trash around and it hurts the vegetation, it hurts the flowers. She understood that perfectly. She understood it perfectly. Helping our children have motivation outside of just the idea of a consequence. So, the position of our heart. <laughs> My little story about I've never really, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's ever really been a time that I used punishment, consequences, or rewards. And honestly, I really can't think of a time that I did. That doesn't mean that there weren't intrinsic rewards or intrinsic consequences because those can happen very naturally. I do not have to put them in place. There are enough of those. There's enough of those just in living life. And so <clears throat> I hope that there's something to percolate for you about that, about, you know, just broadening your ideas about how you can teach your children, um, how you can step away from, the thing is, is all that, that dominant story of parenting about punishing and consequences and rewards, mostly what that does is it pushes our kids further away from us so when they don't do what it is that we've said that they should do or something like that and then we get upset with them and we push them away with the punishment or uh, we hurt them physically by spanking them, hitting them, we're pushing them away when what we need to be doing is bringing them in closer. Many of our kids have already experienced plenty, plenty, plenty of physical wounds and a lot of those physical wounds were at things that they did that they were children, they were babies, 
They didn't even have the ability to make the choice or know the difference. Their brains weren't even developed enough, and yet they were, they were hurt. They were abused. So we really need to, to just focus our heart on how, how can we bring them in closer? How can we teach them? How can we guide them? <coughs> like I said last night, cracking the code. Cracking the code is, uh, it's a big deal. And especially when we're doing things that are outside of a dominant story. And so, you know, you start marking things off the list. You try it for, you know, four weeks. And if in four weeks it's not helping build your relationship, then it's trying to go to something different. Bruce Perry tells us positive relationship and positive environment over time is how healing is created. The position of your heart is a significant factor in creating both positive relationship and positive environment. I want to tell you guys how much I love you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate you. I know that you guys work hard day in and day out to create healing for your children. I know sometimes it feels like you're doing it in a vacuum and that there are other people in the world around you are looking at you and thinking things like, well, if that was my child, I'd be busting his little ass. I'd be it. I'd be it. They don't know. They're not walking in your shoes. And I often say, if you find yourself <laughs> having those sorts of, if I were you, if I was that, if that was me, it isn't you. If you're not walking in those shoes, it is very difficult to actually really know what you would do. You know, that happens so often, you know, people in domestic violence relationships. Well, if that was me, if a man ever raised his hands about me or if a woman ever raised her hand toward me, I would blah, blah. Until you are in it, until you're in it, you don't really know what you're going to do. So you guys are working hard and I know you are. I know you are. If you're tuning into this podcast, to this video on a regular basis, I know that you're seeking understanding. I know you're seeking refreshment. I know you're seeking to be build up, built up and encouraged. This is not easy work. You are you are coming into contact with darkness. When you're working on healing, for children who have experienced trauma, you are touching darkness that many people have only heard about but have never experienced. And you are getting an experience of it. And it is hard work. It's hard work, but mostly it's heart work. It's work at the heart level. So um, I hope that this evening, at some point, if you've not already done this today, set everything aside. You know, maybe that becomes part of your routine. You watch the Daily Dose, you have a little dinner, and then you hang out with your children and enjoy them. Do something, watch some TV, play a game, build some Legos, read a book, color a picture, paint some toenails, snuggle up and watch a movie, whatever it is. Do something that's not about directing or correcting or fussing. Something that can just be enjoyed by your family. Let the love you have for your baby shine from your eyes. Let them feel it from your heart. That is the healing medicine that they need. It creates changes in the brain that we can't see. But you will see over time the shifts that it makes in them. And remember what Brian tells us. In any given moment, in any given moment, we can act out of the blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm. Our brains can get hijacked, but we can take one 
to two, to three, to 30 deep breaths. And we can choose love. Much love to you guys. We'll see y'all tomorrow night.